And we're live. Um, episode, is it 93? Yeah, 93. Yeah, 93. Welcome. 93. Why? Hmm? Why? Because. Because we're free now. You know who's not free? <laughs> yeah, that's hard to finish. Who's not free? Uh, I don't want to answer. Yeah, it's hard Let's to answer. keep it. Actually, <laughs> some people in Qatar aren't free. Qatar. Qatar is fucked up right now, bro. They got like... So they got the uh, bid to host the the World Cup. Yeah. But uh, what they use over there, they use this thing called the... Uh, it's called the kafala system. Mm-hmm. What that means is that they pretty much have modern day slavery. So you show up to work from like India and like like across the country. Yeah, and um, you pretty much can't leave your job. So you can't quit. The only way you can leave is you got to ask your boss if you can leave. And bosses don't want to hear that. Yeah, and people are barely getting paid any money. So. They just have to stay there and work. Okay, so Qatar's not free. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Woo! Uh, <laughs> 90 free! Uh, Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Yep. We can't started we, off right. Can't wait to eat a bunch of turkey and fall asleep. Yeah, we should just do a Thanksgiving episode during Thanksgiving. <laughs> So we'll have the episode like at the kitchen table. Be like, yeah, so you know what's great? How's the mashed potatoes or something? But then we would need like six mics. No, only you and I. So Thanksgiving's happening around us. And we're just like <laughs> doing the podcast during Thanksgiving. All right. I mean, we could do that. That'd be funny. <laughs> hey, wait. Oh. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. Should we, uh, so, let me, how can I ask this question? The thing that, I guess I couldn't even ask this on the pod. Are we still, uh, actually, you know what? <laughs> no one who is going to listen to this, I hope, not until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. But we have a plan. Are we still going to run with that plan? Which plan? With the, uh, with the pie. Are you still going to show everyone your bacon skills with the pie? Oh, yeah. I'm going to make the shit out of that pie. Yeah, word. I was seeing all the ingredients and shit. I'm like, nah, you really don't have to do this shit? It's all right. Dope. Let's go. Yeah, it's my first attempt at, at baking. Yep. First <laughs> attempt. We're going to see what Mike's really made of. See what he's got. Cooking. See what I could do. What's the name of that thing again? Was it the Scarlet? Yours isn't the Scarlet. Nah, it's the mine's um, uh, crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, gonna say like, "Yo, I made a crack"? I made a bunch of crack pie. <laughs> Wait, it's called crack pie, right? Yeah. Yeah, you should be like, "Yo, I made crack pie." <laughs> yeah, say it just like, like that. okay, you're, you're still sober, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really good pie. I'm celebrating with this crack pie. <laughs> celebrating. Sober crack by. <laughs> um, Excuse me. But yeah, today we're gonna do the book. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about though? 
I do want to talk about, it. huh? Before we get into it. Um, one thing with Tesla news, which is really cool. Uh, we've talked about before how, like, the Tesla charging stations are the most efficient and the best that the U.S. has to offer. So right now, you have a lot of electric car companies that are coming out with vehicles and sometimes the chargers are slightly different or some manufacturers want to create their own charger or they think they got the, they got the juice. So a lot of companies have said like, Hey, like we already have all these charging stations with Tesla's. Why don't we just make our cars able to use their charging stations? And the reason that they don't want to do that is because you're pretty much bringing your consumer base to the competition. Mm. Um, so what we have had was a it's called NAX North American Charging Standard, and it actually is going to be using the Tesla um, system. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, your cars can charge at Tesla superchargers, electric vehicles, and um, that's awesome. That's definitely a win. That's definitely a positive win. Um, yeah, especially for electrification. So more electric manufacturers can use. Tesla supercharger. So I can recommend a lot more cars now. That's cool. Yeah. One of them that wants to do it is Aptera. That's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. They're, they want to do the, um, use that same system. So that's really exciting. They had cool looking ones, didn't they? They do. They do. It looks like a teardrop on its side. Yeah. It gets like, you can get a thousand miles of range with the Aptera. Damn. It, um, you can get up to 40 miles a day with the, um, with uh, the solar panels. This is the first electric vehicle that is efficient enough to use solar panels on it. Um, get 40 miles of range. You, most people only drive 30 miles in a day. So theoretically you don't, you wouldn't need to charge it, um, which is awesome. That's one of yeah. my favorites right after Tesla. Um, so yeah, that's one exciting thing. That's uh, it's definitely a, a dub. Um, and the next thing we have introduced video officially. Um, some people may be coming from YouTube watching this, and uh, others who are listening now. I have been editing them, and they take a long time. So it took me like hours to edit the first one, which is out right now. Episode ninety one's out. Um, ninety two is coming. That should be out today, and then. I'm not sure about 93. If I can get to it today, then it'll be out today. But um, what did you post it on? YouTube. On what channel? Um, it might be on my channel, uh, but uh, is he, uh, I think it's Ezekiel dot Francisco, and then, but I can easily get it posted on our DTMS channel. I couldn't have access on my computer for some reason, so I couldn't post it there. But um, yeah, super exciting. What's also awesome about it is that I completely edited edited it using a AI tool called Descript. So I don't know if we'll be using it long term, but it definitely worked very well this time through, um, and made life really easy. So we may I may do on my own time like my a video about Descript, but it is pretty awesome tool as of right now. Descript. Mm-hmm. So. Those two things are like very new, so the fruit basket bracket. <laughs> Yo, that was a hit. If you were uh, here for the fruit basket bracket, 
Yo, that was a hit. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've had people ask me, like, yo, when are you going to do it in the Bass Fruit Basket bracket? Like, <laughs> bring me more fruit. Yo. Or even, like, what was it? The other idea we had with, like, pizza toppings? Yeah. I mean, you could do anything with that. We were we were talking about doing, like, a, didn't we do an anime top five or something? We did our own personal top five, uh, but we didn't do, like... Yo, honestly... We should just run the fruit basket bracket back again. Yeah. Number do. <laughs> Number do. The thing is about it, though, is like finding the seating. What do you mean? Like number one versus number 32, the seatings of the fruit. Yeah. Well, we can do the initial one, like just with our, our own and then let the the people vote for. Yo, because that was a, the thing that was crazy about that, though, is that. We had to poll to figure out. I think we polled to figure out what fruit would be in it, or we polled to figure out, like, that's how we got the seating. Was that, like, we polled? And then after doing the polls, then we ran the. I think we did the seating on our own, and then we did the polls. No, the polls were first. Because I remember I was in the restaurant asking people what was their favorite fruit between, like, these two. Or, like,. Right, but that wouldn't be the seating. I think we just decided the seating. Like uh like bananas, what's like a good matchup for bananas? Like probably like oranges. Uh I think we just decided that and then like then we started pulling. <clears throat> oh well. But I either way we even won. That was um one. I don't remember either. I say apples won. I think it was like Honestly I think apples fell yeah. off. Something pissed me off about it. Like, people were voting for, like, I think it was something crazy, like, passion fruit over strawberries, which, like, yeah. apparently I'm in the minority about. I don't want to bring that back <laughs> up again. People were like, yo, passion fruit's way better. Like, all right, just because it's, like, an exotic fruit, you only eat it, like, every once in a while. Strawberries, yeah. like, uh, elite. Strawberries are versatile. Yeah, I think all my favorite fruit got dropped out. Um, I fucking I went to Tom Segura, saw the funniest show of my life. Was it? Yeah. Why is this the first time you're talking about it? Then I don't know. We don't talk. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you came back. You didn't even say nothing about that. You were just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but it was like I was laughing a lot, like consistently throughout the whole hour. Which usually isn't the case. It's usually like, oh, okay. That part was funny. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you, like, don't laugh for, like, 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But, God, is he funny. He's getting better, too. How's he getting better? I don't, I don't know. Guy. He's probably 40-something. 40, 40 flat. Maybe late 30s. I got to ask you a question right after this, but... um. Wait a minute. Do I know this guy? Tom Segura. Oh, yeah. This guy. Yo. Yo. It's hilarious. I actually uh, see his podcast. Your mom's house? Is it? Yeah. Hey. That's what it's called. He's 43. 43? Did you see him? How close were you? Uh, We were pretty far away. Hmm. How tall do you think he is? I bet he's six. Six foot flat. You ever seen him shirtless? No. 
Well, here you go. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty funny, but... Um, yeah, it was great. Redo his best joke. Um... <clears throat> That's <laughs> the other one that always mm-hmm. takes off his shirt. His friend Bert. Oh. Bert Kreischer. Nope. Um He was talking to, I'm gonna butcher any of these jokes. Well let's hear it. You've done stand up before. He was talking about um he was taking a shower with his kid and he was like, It was my kid. It's not another person's kid. Just need to make that clear. Yeah, definitely still weird. And then I guess the kid was like, I have a small penis. Your penis is bigger than mine. Yeah. And then... I've had that moment before. (laughs) As the kid. (laughs) And then uh, he reacted in a funny way. He was just like, no! Like, immediately. Yeah. And that, and then he was like, he didn't react because it was like weird. He reacted because he didn't want the kid like starting to say it like at the grocery store. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't start. Like, saying I it. have his mom penis. My dad has a bigger penis. Yeah. He was just like, all right, come on, just like <laughs> yeah, a chill yeah. out. Uh, and then he did like a. This was like he's really good at about like being controversial but like without seeming like an asshole or like taking sides really mm-hmm. um so he was like <laughs> so like next time he asked me uh he went like he's like oh my penis is small and your penis is big dad and then he's like no hold on just one second <laughs> and what does he do Oh my god Um, That probably got the most like Shock value laugh out of the crowd Mm -hmm. So that's what stood out to me Mm. Obviously gross And don't agree with it Yeah whatever Right (laughs) Whatever But that got a laugh Mm. For sure Yeah they did um they did, because you we were talking about his age, and I saw recently something that was interesting. Wait, did you ask me the question you were going to ask me? No, so I'm about to ask you. Uh, okay. So it was about, um, at what age do you think that men are most desirable to women? Like, when do you think they reach their, like, peak of desirability? Um, These are hinge statistics, by the way, which is... Like, I'm not going to talk about the women because for the women, I feel bad, but hmm. um, it's interesting for the men. I think it's probably, wait, so when men are most desirable to women, mm-hmm. like 30. Nah. Higher? Yeah. 40. So my first guess was like early 30s, like yeah. late 20s, early 30s, but the most like swiped for hinge is 50 50 that's why i was like 50 wow 50 
Yeah. And we can assume with the women. With the women, I don't know what. I think that's just like, I don't know what that is. But for the men, 50 for some reason. So. Yeah. We kind of, I mean, I was thinking older. But I thought 30 or 40s would be like prime time. Yeah. Ah, 50. Got that salt and pepper hairline. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what we need to do, bro. Just let the grays in. Let the grays show. Which I don't know. I'll never understand the dad bod thing. No. When they say dad bod, bro, they really just mean at one point you used to be shredded. And now, like, you're letting yourself kind of go. They don't really want, like, a dude. Because the realistic dad bod. Because the dad bod they always post up is, like, huge chest, big stomach, big arms. (laughs) And, like, most dad bods are, like, the opposite. Just the big stomach. Like, they never really had much muscle. Like, mm. so I saw another thing. Dude was like, he's like, uh, what? What do you ask them? He's like, if they're pretty much the guy did a pretty interesting study just about like men and women and asking them like one video is directed at women. The other video is directed at men. And it was like, if your significant other told you that you needed to change, so then he had like four different segments, like positive and negative comments from each side yeah. of each video that was like pushed towards like that specific gender. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the men were more positive with it. And they were like, I just need to change like and get better. And then a lot of the women were like, break up with his ass and then get fit after after you leave. <laughs> but then one uh, one dude was like one of the one of the cool ones was the negative comment from the guys because it was a smaller percentile for negative comments for men. Yeah. But the guy was like, my wife for years has been telling me that I need to put on more muscle and all this. But he's like, I was never attractive anyway, so I'm not going to do it. And that was interesting to me because I'm like, damn, like, how do you not care about your relationship that much that your wife is asking for you to make like some lifestyle changes and you're like, nah, like, yeah. I'm just going to be like, cause that can only, I I believe it can only benefit you. Like, mm. I think it like also depends on like the framing of the question or like the framing of the, like, Oh, like, like get fit or I'll break up with you. Mm. It was close. as opposed to like, oh, like maybe you should like start like looking into like more healthy habits. Yeah. Like, the question was pretty frank. It was just like the question was literally, um, hey, like I love you as a person and I love the things that we've created together. And in the case and he's like in the family we've started or being in a relationship with you. But at the end of the day, I don't find you sexually attractive anymore. Mm. And like. I would hope that you do or like, I hope you can make some changes yeah, to like do that. Or like, Oh, we've been together so long. Like we've both let ourselves go. Yeah. I'm like, dang, like I can't believe that this is, these are issues people have. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Relationships are crazy. <sighs> yeah, these streets are crazy. <laughs> that too. Um, I think you should start with what you want to talk about with the book, and hopefully it'll refresh some of the shit that I... I have a few things noted down, Yeah, but I think I'd like you to start talking. Um, I have it noted down, so you can change it. Oh, okay. All right, so 
this will start here with the book dump. Um, this is something new that we've been doing for if you're listening for the first episode, first time. Uh, and we've been on what, like I say every two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this week we read the untethered soul by Michael a singer. Uh, some people may have listened to it, seen this from TikTok. I did post a TikTok about this book. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. Like Oprah recommended it first and that obviously caused it to like, I didn't know up. that. Yeah, that's cool. It was one of Oprah's book re- recommendations from 2012, I believe. Um, which is cool. So, I really just had three things to take away from it. Um, a lot of people, this may be redundant because I'm gonna do the same thing for a TikTok. But um, here's the gist of it: there, three lessons that I stuck with me are. Uh, there are two separate versions of yourself and your personal self is just one of them. So um, sometimes people get stuck with like that their voice in their head is themselves. And mm. a lot of times separating that separating those two things from each other can help you. Um, we'll go more definite in a second. Number two, um, the energy inside of yourself is real. Yeah. And it's better to just let that flow. So it's kind of like a balance, though, with being like your inner voice and then like the energy inside of you, because it can seem as if those are the same thing. Yeah. Um, And then the last thing was that a lot of times there's like a dichotomy where like some people are like, oh, I know I'm going to die. Nothing matters. Mm -hmm. But Michael Singer is more like if you know you're going to die, that's what makes your life worthwhile. Right. And that's why like you should get your priorities in order to help you like live a fulfilling life because you only have the one. Yeah. Um, so with the first one being like that, there's two per like two versions of yourself. Yeah. That we all have this like inner voice that's just going on telling you, like all of your thoughts going through your head and sometimes like your thoughts can mend mold you into a version of yourself. But sometimes those thoughts are just passing where like your mind is just going to keep going about anything. And sometimes with meditation, it helps a lot where if you just stop for a second and just let those thoughts run through you, then you can understand like, okay, like that was just a thought. Like it helps a lot too. Cause I recently had, I had a thought that I was like, dang, like, why would I even think that? Like, yeah, I, it was something like, it was something like, it was something like in the vein of being racist, but it was like, all right, like, yeah, you have that thought, but obviously I'm not going to become a racist or like yeah. live my life as if like, there's some superior race, but I did have that thought. And I was like, dang, that's so weird. But just knowing that like my thoughts and myself are separate helps a lot. So like, for example, we've talked about this before. Like if you have thoughts saying that, um, 
that I'm a loser or I can't do this, I can't do that, then you'll probably end up becoming that. But understanding those thoughts of you saying, like, oh, I'm a loser, I'm this, I'm that, um, will pass. Right. Um, and they're not you. They're not you. Like, you are separate from your thoughts. Like, your voice, the thing about the inner voice inside your head is that it's going to always go. Like, the, you can't stop it. It's just going to always talk. And just, like, stopping and just hearing it go helps you, like, distinguish what is actually you. Yeah. Um, I really like that part, too. Um, I have one quote that, like, kind of summarizes it. So this is from the chapter called Who Am I? Or Who Are You? Um, And uh, the whole chapter kind of goes through, like, if someone's to come up to come up to you and ask you like, "Oh, who are you?" You'd be like, "Oh, I'm Mike." Mm-hmm. I was like, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, but that's just a name." Mm-hmm. Like, so, who are you? And I'm like, "Oh, well, I was like born this place. I do this. My parents are these people." And they're like, "Okay, well, those are all like things that like just happened pretty much to you." So, like, who who are you actually? Mm-hmm. Um. And then it gets down to like, you're basically just your, your like sense of awareness and your sense of being. Um, So this paragraph, it says, it starts to become a serious question. Who am I? Who is having all these physical, emotional, and mental experiences? So you contemplate this question a little deeper. This is done by letting go of the experiences and noticing who is left. You will begin to notice who is experiencing the experience. Eventually, you'll get to a point within yourself where you realize that you, the experiencer, have a certain quality. And that quality is awareness, consciousness, and an intuitive sense of existence. You know that you're in there. You don't have to think about it. You just know. You can think about it if you want to, but you will know that you're thinking about it. You exist regardless, thoughts or no thoughts. So, there is, like, a calming sense of that, that you're, like, not your thoughts, because your thoughts can get chaotic, but, like, if you just, like, take a step back and you're, like, oh, well, I'm just here, and the thoughts are just, like, they're not a part of me, I'm just, like, watching them, um, but I like the whole sentiment behind this chapter. Yeah, it's cool, when you were talking about how, like, they would ask, who are you? And like you would list the things that make you you, yeah. Um, but that would be your personal self, yeah. And that's the identity you form based on your inner voice, right? And yourself is just like the stream of consciousness. So that voice that's just like going and going, like that is yourself but your personal self is the, is just the who, one who's listening yeah, and watching right um the final like the definitive answer that they give at the end is like so now so now if i ask you who you are you answer i am the one who sees from back in here somewhere i look out and i am aware of the events thoughts and emotions that pass before me so basically you're the <clears throat> this has been talked about in other books too i think I forget what other book, but 
it's just like oh it was actually it was the book i told gabe about gabe was listening to uh kershnamurdy mm. like that book i i showed you the first and last freedom mm. but he talks about like you're just the observer of your thoughts yeah. like you're just there pretty mm-hmm. much um existing which i think singer has said before too he think he said that early on yeah too. it's like you're just either the experiencer or the observer and uh i like the <laughs> i'm the one who sees from back here somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere <laughs> in my head yeah yeah um but then i think like it's interesting because once you know that there's a difference because sometimes like they'll think that the inner voice is yourself yeah so then that inner voice can say anything like it'll say whatever like and then it's like you the observer to discern like is that me or is that just like the voice just going because it's gonna flow and say anything and it's very like you can it's very um not subjective it's very um objective no you can get like you can pretty much what i'm trying to say is that you can get it to say whatever right based on like suggestive it's very suggestive uh, so like you could think one thing for half a second and then it'll just run with it and yeah. it's like a lot of times people are like why won't why can i get these depressing thoughts out of my head yeah and it's like it's just so suggest just suggestive and it's ready to just make those connections about your life and whatever you feed it right and it is kind of like volatile and it kind of can just take off on its own if mm-hmm. you don't sort of like break the chain mm-hmm. so like having one negative thought can lead to another negative thought and then you're mm-hmm. kind of in like a whirlwind mm-hmm. but um <clears throat> the so like also in this chapter they talk about like so you just have to like be aware that you're just being aware you're not these aren't the thoughts that you're having aren't you mm-hmm. and um, separate like you said meditation definitely helps with that because it kind of it forces you just to listen. Yeah, it allows you to observe better. Because if you like, if you cut out everything else, like all the stimuli of like, oh, if you're like playing video games and you're listening to music, you're like overstimulated. You can't really like control. Well, can't you can't you can control your thoughts a little bit, but your thoughts are going to be very hectic if you're like taking all this stimulus in. But if you're just like meditating and like concentrating on one thing, it's easier to like just relax into the seat of the observer. It and feels like, like a lot of the um the things the what's trending in our world the way that we're going is that that inner voice we want to hear it as little as possible. So that's why I think that people just and it has something to do with dopamine where like people just want to get like to the next thing so quickly. Yeah. That like they want that shot of dopamine and then like that quiets the inner voice cuz it's like I'm going to focus on this and this will make me feel good. Yeah. And then I don't have to go listen to that inner voice. Mm. It's it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read the last paragraph. Yeah. It says, now you are in your center of consciousness. You are behind everything. Just watching. This is your true home. Take everything else away. And you're still there aware that everything is gone. Uh, but take the center of awareness away and there is nothing. That center is the seat of self. From that seat, you are aware that there are thoughts, emotions, and a world coming in through your senses. But now you are aware that you are aware. 
That is the seat of the Buddhist self, the Hindu Atman, and the Judeo-Christian soul. The great mystery begins once you take the seat, that seat deep within. So, it's all about, like, awareness, mm. pretty much. And just trying to be aware um, that without awareness, you, like, don't have thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um what was the your second thing? Um pretty much that like um your thoughts can create an energy that is real. So you, so it's it's also difficult because at one time he's saying that like oh you shouldn't listen to your inner voice, but you should just allow it. You should allow it to flow. Like you can't take anything that it says with like too high or too low. You just have to yeah. let the energy that it creates just flow. Um, and the more that you can let it flow, the better. So just being able to understand that like, all right, like I'm an observer, like I can think, but I don't have control over my own thoughts. Um, yeah. That your thoughts are just going to go. Um, and it can, it can go in either direction where like, even like days ago, I uh, felt like three days ago, I wasn't having a great day. And I'm like, dang, like this day's trash. I can't get up and do anything like that. So then I like just take a second. Like I look around my room and I realize like, damn, my room's a mess. So I get up and just start cleaning my room out of nowhere. And it's like, yeah, I got like a weird surge of energy. And like, that's literally the power of your brain. Like I was having a bad day. And then just like going to attempt to clean my room, just reframed my mindset on it all. So, um, so that is literally the inner energy that we have. And like, it's very real. This was, um, this is my favorite chapter, the infinite energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I love this chapter because, um, it's kind of something that, has never really like been explained it's Mm kind of just like oh yeah he's like you feel this way and you feel this way at different times um but yeah it talks about like infinite energy coming from like your heart Mm -hmm. and like the way you like harness that energy is by keeping your like heart chakra open Mm -hmm. that you're like open and loving and caring like like towards everything um one of the examples they give is like, uh, I think it was like, oh, your significant other just like out of nowhere breaks up with you and, uh, that sends you into like a depressed, depressed state where you have like no energy. You don't want to like do anything. You, you're just like miserable, like eating pizza and fucking sleeping and not working out and. And you, like, feel like you have no energy. Um, But then, like, he or she calls you up and is like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Like, it was a big mistake that I broke up with you, blah, blah, blah. And you, like, spring out of bed and, like, go hang out with them. And Mm -hmm. you, like, stay up all night watching the sunset in the morning. Um, But so this is, like, this touches on kind of, like, the infinite inner energy that you have. And it, like, it talks about that, 
you can pretty much harness this energy whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the outside world, like we just get caught up with the outside world. Um, and that kind of limits our, or that closes our heart chakra off sometimes. Cause like even little shit, like in traffic, I, oh, this guy cut me off fucking like, you're going to feel like, oh, I don't want to be positive like towards anything really, especially not the guy cutting me off. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the main thing they tell you like the, the remedy for this basically is to never close your heart chakra. Mm. If you just like, which I feel like is definitely like a worthwhile thing to do. It's also like hard, mm-hmm. way hard. Cause it's way easier to close your, close it than it yeah. is to keep it open. Right. But like, if you do kind of, I feel like I've kind of learned that with just like, um, a viewing well viewing like challenges and like hard times in my life as like learning experiences Mm -hmm. that's why i was telling people like in i like that you said that because sometimes i'll tell somebody like like oh z like like um they'll ask me like oh i can help you do this or like yo like let me like do this for you and i understand like sometimes i could be like all right like let me accept that but then yeah. part of me is like, just like that, like these are learning experiences yeah. to help me grow. So it's not saying that like, I don't want your help and mm-hmm. don't want to accept it, but it's way more beneficial for me to get through this than it is for me to be like, yo, come help me. You know what right. I mean? Like, so I definitely agree. Um, But yeah, that's kind of like, it's all, I think the the whole keeping your heart chakra open thing is uh all sort of perspective based because you can take any like hardship and you could either let it like weigh you down or you could be like all right well this is going to make me stronger and i'm going to learn some shit from this Mm -hmm. so i'm just going to ride it out um or you could choose like oh this sucks like i'm fucked you know and then like that inner voice is going to continue to tell you you're fucked and you're a loser. And then mm-hmm. that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, this was my favorite chapter. Mm. Cause I like, like it's weird. It's like, you, I can almost like feel like, all right, I'm just opening it up. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm just like more positive, it, it does like, I don't know. It gives you a better sense of energy. Mm. You don't feel like bogged down. If you're just like, okay, well, it's so weird to like, yo, just like, cause this is, if you listen to it too now and it's like, all right, whatever, like these guys just talking, but like, just let the stuff go. Like some people just hold on to stuff for so long. Like I'm not trying to be one of them old heads who are like, I'm mad at my friend for something that happened 30 years ago. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you spent 30 years of your life, like not liking somebody or you have issues with somebody for 20 plus years, like Mm -hmm. let that go, man. Like don't sitting up late at night thinking about that or like it keeps you up. Like you don't want to hear or see from them. Like he never gave me back that cigarette. I gave him. Yeah. Something crazy. (laughs) Like, or, and it's, I think 
me personally, I do think that people have inherent good. And I also think that the amount of people who have straight malice in their heart is actually a, a massive minority. And that, but the thing is, people hold on to things so long and for so hard that just one person mm. out of however many will make you just have a bad taste in your mouth. Like, yeah. That'll turn you off from people altogether. So, um, that's making me think of there's another part in this. Yeah, Samskara. Do you remember reading about the Samskaras? It's like about like um, it gives the example of like okay, like you had this like really good relationship with this uh, girl one time, and she used to drive like a blue Volkswagen or something, mm-hmm. and uh, then like while you're with her, you you're just driving like about your day and then you see a blue Volkswagen and like someone it looks like someone's hugging uh the other person in it mm-hmm. which that part confused me cuz like who's hugging in a car like they yeah, mu- they possible. must be parked yeah but that I don't know that's just like a <laughs> I understand though I get it. um and then but they so in the book, they talk about how these samskaras are, I'm probably, it's probably not the right pronunciation, mm-hmm. but, um, they're like builds up or blocked energies basically mm-hmm. from your past that can be like reactivated depending on like whatever happens in your life that might remind you or I don't know, just activated. Um, so this example of like, seeing a blue Volkswagen like brings up all these emotions that you like this person in the example hasn't processed. Um, cause they haven't like sat with it and like let the emotion process. They kind of just blocked it out. They're like, Oh shit. Is that my girlfriend? Is my girlfriend cheating on me? Is that, is that her car? Mm-hmm. Like all those thoughts and all those feelings. Um, and I thought it is interesting. Cause like, I I talked with a friend who like kind of had a like a flare up of just emotions and I don't know I just talked about this how like uh, the other book that I read that kind of like gets into this type of shit is letting go mm-hmm. and um how you like so emotions are like energy themselves and they kind of give like a scientific thing where like the samskars are like blocked energies that are kind of like whirling around, but they're like, I don't know, for some reason they're blocked and you kind of have to like feel them to let them process. Um, but there are a lot of people that like don't process their emotions and that, that, uh, what's the word? Like it manifests itself in like angry outbursts or acting out of character or like just doing bad shit um so i think it's important that when you feel emotions you should feel the emotions you shouldn't like immediately dart to like all right i'm just gonna jerk off and play video games to escape these feelings that i'm you know what i mean um, 
But yeah, the Sam Scars shit is interesting. But because I, I think a lot of people like a lot of like I definitely have like weird ones that like just little shit will remind me of like this crazy time where I got like hurt or disappointed like way back when mm-hmm. that I just like never really processed. Um, and it's hard to like process those or like recognize those because they don't really. You don't really think about them until you like, it gets triggered, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, this feels like shit." Like, mm-hmm. what do I do about it? Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have a lot of like blocked negative energy that they haven't processed, and that's why, especially at the restaurant, people get mm-hmm. shitty. <laughs> Who uh, guests? Yeah, yes, definitely. And I mean, and coworkers. Like, I definitely fucking get super pissed off sometimes and I kind of like take it out on the wrong people but it's also just like a high stress environment Mm -hmm. I think guests are the most ridiculous yeah but that's another thing completely my third thing was um that uh death gives meaning yeah so it's best to reflect on it a lot of people get afraid of it. It's kind of like when you go staring in the abyss and you're like, like, this is nothing. Like, yeah. there's no point. Um, but that's really just what creates the beauty of it is that because it has an end, then that makes all the more reason why you should go try and do that thing. Like, go right. out and go make that YouTube channel. Like, go right. swim naked somewhere. Like, yeah. Do something that you wouldn't, that isn't what you would normally do. Go try that food that, like, you never want to try. Right. Because we do only have one. Like, as of as of right now, we only <laughs> have one life. Like, as of... To my knowledge. Yeah, to the knowledge I have right now, we only have one life. Um, That's another, like, perspective thing. Like, you can live in fear of the... So, death is, like, the ultimate unknown because nobody knows what happens. Yeah. So that's why it, like, has this, like, everyone's afraid of it pretty much because Mm -hmm. we know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you switch your perspective to being, like, well, my perspective on death is kind of, like, we only fear what we don't know. And we don't know, like, once we are dead, we're going to basically know everything in a sense because the unknown is going to be like revealed to us whether it be nothing or like it could be like a cosmic crazy fucking thing where you're like some astral being (laughs) i want to be an astral being (laughs) or i want nothing yeah like either way you're good though because it's like that unknown is gone and you like then you don't have any more fear that's why like buddhism is all like about like life is suffering because death is kind of like the passage into uh, no more suffering because like mm. what is there to suffer about now if um, we respawn that'll probably make <laughs> me sick like if it's just like boop, like <laughs> new baby no like consciousness you just like go or if I wake up as like a frog or some shit like. <laughs> um, but yeah the perspective you have on death because I don't know there's healthy fears there's healthy angers um, but I feel like an un, like regrets, not a 
uh, healthy anger, though. Mm. So you should kind of, like, take death as, like... The question I've been asking myself more recently is, like, okay, if I were to die, like, ne- like in an hour, like, would I be happy? Or do you think I'd be, like, regretful of a lot of things that I did? Or, like, regretful of the time that I spent here and I didn't do what I wanted to do? Um, but... And then, like, acting upon that feeling of, like, okay, I want to, like, if I were to die at, like, any minute, like, I want to, like, make sure I'm good. Like, make sure I, like, was, like, okay, that was worth it. Like, Mm. I conducted myself in the way that I wanted to conduct myself. Mm. For me, I'd be, like, just relieved. (laughs) I'd be, like, finally. (laughs) You're good, bro. Come on. We're doing great. We got 93 yo, episodes. Yo, uh, I, I do feel good, but I'm just like, <laughs> damn, finally, like, this shit is over. Like, all this shit <laughs> I had to deal with, like, all this bullshit, like. Yeah, but you you can take actions to get to a place where you're like, oh, I got more shit to do because I'm doing good shit right now. And I don't know. Just act like you're going to die next Next. It's definitely like a uh, fluctuation thing because right now my relief yeah. is higher than like my like sadness for the things that I wasn't able to do. Yeah. So like hopefully like that will flip at some point. But it's like damn, mm. it's crazy. Yeah. Always have to do something for somebody. Go somewhere. <laughs> I just want to go somewhere and just be able to live off the land. Yeah. But also have video games. <laughs> what was the other Can't book that we both. read? Oh, um, the the Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. That had the whole thing about death, too. Like, meditating on death. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think it's a worthwhile thing to, like, think about every once in a while. I mean, don't be, like, obsessing over, like, oh, I could die every... Mm-hmm. I could die right now. But We could, but just knowing that... The yeah. house could just collapse right now. Yeah. All around it. <laughs> I would just jump out this window. Yeah, it could be good. It. Yeah. That's too easy. <laughs> Come on, man. I got to do episode 94. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So. So the I thought this was great, though. Yeah, I love this book. Um, yeah, this is Mike's favorite. What is that telling we got to find out what's next. Yeah. Um, I have like a couple more things. Okay, let's do it. Um, okay. Um, this is in the... This chapter is called Transcending the Tendency to Close. Like how we were talking about never close your heart and uh, always stay open. Um you will get to a point in your growth where you understand that if you protect yourself, you were, you will never be free. It's that simple. Because you were scared, you have locked yourself within your house and pulled down all the shades. Now it's dark and you want to feel the sunlight, but you can't. It's impossible. If you close and protect yourself, you are locking this scared, insecure person within your heart. You will never be free that way. So I like the idea behind that because it's like, so keeping your heart open is a difficult thing. It's also kind of scary because it's like you're kind of leaving yourself vulnerable. Um, but 
there's no real growth in just staying closed and like doing what makes you comfortable or doing just like staying in the place you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was like another, um, I'll read this too. Um, at the end of the day, when someone asks, how was your day? A normal response is not too bad or I'll survive. What is that telling you about their view of life? They see life as a threat. A good day means you made it through without getting hurt. The longer you live like this, the more closed you become. If you really want to grow, you have to do the opposite. Real spiritual growth happens when there is only one of you inside. There's not a part that's scared and another part that's protecting the part that's scared. All parts are unified. Because there is no part of you that you're not willing to see, the mind is no longer divided into the conscious and subconscious. Everything you see inside is just something you see inside. It's not you, it's what you see. There is simply the pure energy pouring inside of you that creates the ripples of thoughts and emotions, and there is the consciousness that's aware of it. There is simply you watching the dance of the psyche. Um... That's like a lot, but, um, that's crazy though. That's good in its pure form. Like you don't even, it, we shouldn't even have to break that down much. Right. Like we talked about much more complicated things on here before. That definitely resonated with me yeah. where you're just like, pretty much like no matter what, you're still going to be so You're on a, there. You're in a fight. Like, or like if you're in a fight, pretty much your mind needs to be unified. You can't yeah. have like one side fighting and the other side running. Right. Um, okay. So there's the, you remember talking about the thorns? No. Okay. So there's a chapter called Removing Your Inner Thorn, and it's basically about... So you're like walking through the forest, you get a thorn in you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, you could either pull it out or you can like go about your life sort of like protecting your thorn. Mm. And you kind of like mold your life into being like, oh, I can't like hug anyone because it might push my thorn and that'll hurt. Or I shouldn't like take a shower because that might like irritate it or something i don't know um but then they talk about like there's like emotional thorns like oh like this person uh hurt me in this way so i'm not gonna like get close with anybody so they can hurt me like that again Mm. or i didn't do well in this activity so i'm not gonna like try any new activities Mm. like um so it kind of comes back to just like processing your feelings when they happen. That's like removing the thorn pretty much and not not tailoring your life to for people to like or for your thorns to not be exposed. You should like just rip your thorns out. Mm. Um because I don't know if you have like a bunch of thorns in like all facets of your life, you're just going to live like a really closed off life. You're not going to really experience life. You're going to experience like 
your closed off version of being scared and like trying to protect your thorn mm. life. Um, so I thought that was a cool little like analogy. There's also like the um, they talk about how like you need to go through pain to grow, like. People know that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last analogy that I kind of touched upon when I just read that other thing, mm. but it was talking about like, oh, okay, imagine you want to like move away into the forest. Like you, f- you buy this crazy plot of land that's like super sunny and nice and it's right in the middle of nature. And, um, then you like build the house and it's all like cut off from all the light and uh you do all this crazy shit like you got perfect temperature control got uh i don't know everything you'd ever need in the house and then uh the electricity goes out and you're just like in this dark house and like you forget what light feels like um and it's supposed to be like an analogy for your consciousness where you build up these walls and you build up this like box basically where whether it be like fears or like different thorns or times you've gotten hurt, you kind of like close off a lot of areas of your life because you're Maybe you tell yourself you can't do certain things because you've been hurt or disappointed in different things. Um, But you have to, like, relearn to just, like, keep your heart open because that's, like, what experiencing life is. And that's how you, like, get the most out of life. And you don't want to be closing yourself off from experiencing life because that's just, like, a... I don't know. It's a sad life, and it's very, and it just, it, it's like, uh, like a negative feedback loop where like, right, you get that first one, that first thorn, and then like you're protecting it, but you can't always protect it. Like you're always gonna something else is gonna happen. You get another thorn, now you try and protect that one, right? And then it's already like, well, what the fuck? Like I could barely do anything if you have like two thorns. Think if you have like a thorn in like the side of your stomach, yeah, and like on your back, on your back. You're always trying to protect you're like, like yeah. you feel like you can't touch anything. You feel so restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me think of like when I got the tattoo at work, like I felt like I was like basically handicapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, did nobody fucking touch me? Yeah. Like fucking people slap my arm all the time. Mm-hmm. It was fucking, um, but that's like not, you're not fully present for life. When you have a bunch of thorns that you're trying to protect, or if you're just living in your dark house, like shade, like closed off from everything. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I thought there was a lot of value to this book, and I kind of changed changed my perspective on a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fucking keep your heart chakra open. Yeah, I don't know. This is how many is this now that we've done? So we did third four agreements was the first one. Yeah, the alchemist, the second alchemist, one. and this one. Yeah, which I think I'm, which is cool. I should do a video about 
I think I was trying to do a book a week. That's probably started like five months ago. Mm. And um, I couldn't. So I was at a book every two weeks. Yeah. And I got to be close. I was trying to read at least 12 this year. But then I was like, that was going slow. It's so funny. I started off with the first goal. I need to read 12 books. Yeah. And I was going slow. So I was like, all right, like a book a month. Let me get 12. That was going slow. Then I was like, I write a book every week. Yeah. And then that turned into a book every two weeks. And yeah. now I think I beat the goal of reading 12 books in a year. So Nice. Which is kind of backwards. That's backwards goal setting for you. <laughs> yeah. That's really? funny. I remember you were like talking about like, yeah, I should do one a week. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. chill out. Like, don't burn yourself out. Be... Yo, but it turned into a book every two yeah. weeks. And it's like, that is what like, all right, that's a good sweet spot. Yeah, that's good. So it's been positive. Like, Yeah. I mean, reading anything is mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like even just taking like 10 minutes to read every day is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've read four books. In the past, like, six months. Yeah, now, but we're going to be even more than that. Because after yeah. a year, if you even get to ten. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. I think I've read five or six, actually. But still. I read, I've read, like, a good bit this year. I also, like, didn't read any books for probably... Like six to eight oh, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read a ton. I read fucking. Oh, we should also read Frames of Mind. That's another book I have. Um, but I read. Uh, I don't know how many I've read, but it's a good bit. Yeah. We should try a manga too. Yeah. We so. should do like book one of Vinland Saga or do Invincible. Oh, you know what? Yeah, the Invincible. That's like forty chapters. Like in that books, in that book, yeah, that one's like a bunch, but um, okay. yeah, I'm down. Um, yeah, I'm so down for that. We gotta figure out something else. Like we should move away from just like we did a lot of self help. Yeah, like we'll figure out something. Switch it up a bit. Yeah, I don't know what we gotta do something because I don't know what two weeks from now we're gonna be at. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anything else? Um. Nothing huge. Just like regular uh, run-of-the-mill stuff. We got to figure out that. And hopefully we can get some other things popping. Yeah. We'll see this. So this is now going to be on YouTube. This is 93. Um, this will be on YouTube. I'm going to post a TikTok about the book, my three favorite things. Um, it's cool. We're definitely running it up. We get, on average, like 10 views per word run it up run it up yeah, run up a check that. yeah run it up so thanks for listening yeah thank you uh happy thanksgiving um eat a bunch of turkey eat some pie mm-hmm. eat some crack mm-hmm. eat some of that crack cake baby <laughs> um but yeah follow us on instagram at t at dtms underscore podcast He's got his TikTok always Francisco. We got yet yeah, uh you you plugged the Spotify. The um DTMS underscore pod 
That should have more stuff coming. I have to break apart these videos, which is the thing that I'm trying to learn. But right now we have. I'll, I'll check it out with this one. See what we can do. Episode Wait. 92. I'm gonna post today. So yeah. See if I can cut that up. We should also post the videos to the podcast YouTube. Yeah, that'll also get put up today. So. Um. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving.